the uh, big networking wave has um, begun, as everyone knows. And every consultant I know, aspiring consultant, sorry, is trying to network in and meet partners and meet ex-partners and meet ex-consultants and so on. And this is, again, it's not going to be a very long podcast because I want to talk you through an experience I had this weekend on how not to do a networking call. And there are many similarities here because for people who've worked with us, you know that we run our our screening process the way consulting firms run this screening process and we had an incident recently whereby someone contacted me on Skype and I'm, I keep a very open diary so if someone contacts me on Skype I will accept the invite and I will speak to them so this guy started speaking to me on Skype and he wanted to know why consulting firms wouldn't take him in for an interview even though he's really interested in consulting and now we 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 are messaging on Skype because I'm in a totally different time zone and I'm actually waiting in the hotel bar for my next meeting and you know, it's, I'm not going to call someone. It's it's probably inappropriate to do that with the noise. And I do mention to them that, look, I'm going to have to write very bluntly here because I'm writing on Skype Messenger. So please, you know, forgive me for that. I don't have time to add in the niceties that would normally go in a conversation and that, which you could capture in my tone. So the bottom line is that he went to an average school. I mean, a school that's not known for placing analytical people. Um, he finished with a very weak GPA, 3.1. He's doesn't have any major experience. I think he runs his own company, which is doing okay. I mean, you know, the interesting thing about this guy is that he has written to me before, uh, and every time he writes to me, he gives, you, gives me different revenue numbers, but he seems to have forgotten that. So he gives me different revenue numbers. You know, even in the beginning of the Skype message, he told me how important it was for him to build a business making about $20,000 a month. And then at the end of the call, he said, well end of the messaging, you know, it's it's about, for him, it was more important to build a business that makes hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue. The point is, you know, it's immediately a credibility killer when different information comes through. So I always ask myself, okay, if the information is changing, you know, what kind of person you know, are you? Are you just forgetting or are you deliberately misleading? But that wasn't an issue. I could live with that because I understand people forget. You know, sometimes I forget and I put the wrong decimal points when I'm sending through information. Sometimes when I'm sending through quite important information, I put the wrong decimal point. When you're tired, you make mistakes. I can accept that. But the tone is something I wouldn't, I didn't like in his messages. He wanted me to introduce him to a BCG partner that I knew quite well. Um, he's listened to some of the podcasts, so he knew that I knew that partner. Um, and I, I suspect that he also knew someone I knew because you know, just the knowledge of, of my background was quite good. Um, so he obviously knew someone that I knew and he wanted, and he said that, and, and later on he did mention that, you know, I, he had spoken to people who knew me and so on, and he wanted me to introduce him to one of the BCG senior partners um, in Toronto. And I explained to him that, look, you know, send me a resume. And when I looked at his resume, I knew very w- clearly that um, it's not going to work. He's got a too low GPA. He hasn't worked at any great firms. He's done pretty averagely, in my opinion. Even his startup isn't doing well. I mean, he's basically selling a commodity and over selling it over eBay and so on. So I was not impressed with this. And the other issue that I couldn't understand is why he wanted to be introduced to a Toronto partner when he's not even from Canada, you know. He's based in the UK. Um, so we had this long discussion, but I found him to be quite arrogant. You know, he he made a couple of comments to me about why consultants are so. I mean, the wording he used was totally wrong. In you know, a wording, for example, was you know why consultants are so stuck up about hiring Ivy League people. You know, 
you know, do you guys just feel good about having them around you? Do they make you feel better? Now, I was thinking to myself, okay, I took the call for this guy, which means that when I took the call, he had a 50-50% chance he could go either way, right? Here I was, I'm very well networked in management consulting. If things had worked out well, I may have considered introducing him, but he totally killed any chance of that. Why his tone? He had an abrasive, rude personality. And I never told him that he was abrasive and rude because I wasn't sure to bring it up. Sometimes I do that. I mean, I had another discussion with someone yesterday who I thought was being a bit rude. And I mentioned it with all due respect. I think your tone needs to change. But this guy wasn't sure to handle it because on the one hand, when you tell someone they're rude, they immediately want detailed feedback on why they are rude, like they don't understand they are being rude. And then to explain to the person, if you don't understand you're being rude, then probably management consulting is not for you, is quite a lot to explain over Skype. So sometimes you choose not to do these things. But here's, the three th here's a couple of things this guy did incorrectly. When you write to someone who's either a consultant or a former partner, in my case, be respectful. If you don't understand something, it is not. If you are writing to a partner or a consultant and you don't understand something, it is not the obligation of the person with whom you are speaking to to explain it to you. right? You should never become defensive, abrasive, if you don't like what you're being told. I told the guy, your GPA is too low, so I don't think you're going to be successful in your networking efforts, but it doesn't you know, it doesn't hurt. What I would recommend you do is don't necessarily um, try to point out potential mistakes in the way consultants recruit. There are no mistakes. The system works. And he was rude about that as well. He said, well, you know, no one's ever told me I have a problem, so I think you are wrong. I don't think it's going to work. And I was thinking to myself, okay, you know, started off with a 50-50% chance, but now he has a 0% chance of any help coming his way. So the moral of the story is, and it's going to be a short podcast, as I mentioned, is that when you are engaging people, don't ask ridiculous questions. Firstly, don't ask questions like, why do consulting firms hire people from the number one schools? Well, because they are number one schools for a reason. We don't hire people because they come from expensive schools. That's, you, you're confusing cause and effect. We hire people from the best schools, which tend to be expensive, because they are the best schools, because they attract the best people, and there's a lot of competition to get into those schools, and they can be selective. And to train the best people, you need the best systems and the best professors, which don't come cheaply. They cost a lot of money. And then they become a self-fulfilling process, whereby the best schools attract the best people, which cost money to train, and they produce outstanding people. But the point is, if you ask this question to me, I immediately know you don't understand the way the world operates, and you don't understand how things work. And then, when I explain it to you, and you still defend the fact that, well, grades are not everything, you know, grades mean nothing, the most important thing is building a business, well... I'm not sure I'd explain this to you over Skype Messenger, you know, to go into a long soliloquy about why your argument is flawed. The moral of this podcast is do not upset someone with whom you intend to network by firstly asking ridiculous questions which show your naivety. Second, arguing with the person when you're given an answer. If you don't like the answer, don't argue with them. Make a mental note and go, to go try to figure it out so you don't damage the relationship. Then defend flaws in your profile. If your resume is bad because of a poor GPA, as far as I'm concerned, there's no excuse for it. I've heard this before for many people. Well, you know, my, my parents were struggling. We didn't have any money. Um, I had to go to average school. 
okay that's great you went to average school but what explains your weak gpa you know were your parents struggling that's why you had to go and spend all your time drinking no there is no excuse for a weak gpa no excuse no matter what anyone tells me there is no excuse for a weak gpa and what do i mean when there's no excuse i know i've heard people come to me and say they've been ill when they were at university and so on I know people who were ill at university. I'm not to belittle the, the the circumstances you went through. I'm not meant to be insensitive to a death in the family. I don't mean to be insensitive to a situation of having cancer or whatever it is. I understand those are personal issues. But if you don't have a strong GPA, how do I know you are intelligent beyond the fact that you are telling me you are intelligent, right? There's no way to prove it. And and to be honest, I when I look at a weak GPA, I always think to myself, this person messed up, spent all this money, spent all this time over four years or three years, depending on which educational system you went to, or maybe two years for an MBA, one year for an MBA. They spent all this time, all this money, and they just weren't focused on what was important. Moreover, moreover, let's assume you are one of those people who happens to be bright. You just had a bad luck of the draw you know you didn't pay attention i can understand that but it still doesn't mean that i have to accept it as i always tell people if you really believe that you had a weak gpa and i pointed out to both of these individuals last night if you really believe you have a weak gpa then that's fine when you connect with a consultant again tell them to give you a case and to test and if you're really as good as you say you are then there shouldn't be a problem you should dazzle them well enough to be called in for an interview but do not defend a weak gpa a weak gpa has no defense and when you start defending a weak gpa by by insulting and ridiculing the consulting process which you which you don't really understand you're obviously not building any allies so the moral of networking is make yourself liked and i've Mention that in many, many podcasts. You want to be liked, right? You don't want to be turned out to be too smart. You don't want to insult the interviewer. You don't want to insult the person with whom you're networking. You want to be liked. Don't defend bad decisions. No one has to, because you decided not to spend time focusing on your studies, does not mean the rest of the world has to accept that. You have to accept it and live with the consequences. And there are ways around it. I've hired people with, with not great GPAs, but, you know, average GPAs. I've never hired someone with a 3.1, 3.2. In fact, I've tried to... I've been in situations where people were brought in with those GPAs for whatever reasons. And I, I mean, I, I'm okay with it. But the point is, we look for people with a track record of excellence in everything they do. And the fact that you spend four years of your life, which when you're about 25 is about 20% of your life or just under, when you spend about 20% of your life not being excellent... That raises serious questions to me. Secondly, do not make comments like, well, I run an eBay business, therefore I understand business. Really? That is not understanding business. You run an eBay business. You know how to sell over the internet. You know how to click, buy now, sell now. But the point is, do not argue with someone with whom you network. We had a candidate last year from Booth School of Business, and I told her point blank, you have a disruptive attitude, you don't listen, and you argue. You're not going to get in. She went for um, case sessions with McKinsey people and they told her, you, you're too abrasive and you argue too much. You're never going to get in. And also, don't make comments that are belittling to people. You know, I remember a candidate once, this happened, um, not yesterday, it happened a few days ago, and he, was, he wanted to speak to me because he wanted to go to BCG and he wanted some advice. And I told him, look, your profile is very good um, and I think you, you are too hard on yourself, but... 
what you can do is improve the following things. And then he asked me, why do you think, why do I think he has a good profile? I said, well, you're going to a Ross School of Business, which is a very good school. Uh, you've got a, a very, um, you know, good track record. And then he stopped me and said, well, you know, Michael, you know, just believe me, anyone can get into the Ross School of Business. It's so easy to do it. You don't have to be that intelligent. Believe me. Now, when someone tells me, when someone makes a statement, believe me, I, I'm not sure how to respond to that. It's like going up to someone and saying, do you know who I am? Well, clearly, if you have to ask the question, do you know who I am, you probably know one. And it's the same thing here. When you tell someone, believe me, it's kind of condescending. Firstly, you know, why should we believe you? you know, what qualifications do you have besides getting into one or two business schools to make the assumption that it's very easy and what gives you the right to belittle all the other people that got into the Ross School of Business? So you're going to be very careful with your tone. You know, you could... Start off very well, have a very good background, but you could use language that just hurts your chances. Or the other time, and this happened, I think, on Thursday morning, I was in Uzbekistan and I, I've been speaking to this uh, young lady who I, has been, I think, interesting to talk to over Skype for a long time. She said, you know, Michael, I really would like to talk to you because I've got to speak to a McKinsey partner later today. Um, and um, would you mind talking to me? And I and I said, okay, there's no problem. I'm going to be driving in a taxi. Well, I'll be driven in a taxi. So if you're okay, give me a mobile phone number and I'll call you back. And I did, which, you know, I was, I'm happy to do it to help people if I could. But one thing that struck me, which I thought was very, very um, insensitive on her part, and it, it struck me as a reason why she probably is not going to get in, is that I was giving her, I was telling her why I think her profile needs to be adjusted. And I was giving her some very important feedback about her profile. She worked in the U.S. Armed Forces, you know, and um, I liked her profile. I thought she had progressed through the ranks very well. But I did feel certain things she had done uh, and certain things she had written in her profile are not going to help, but they're actually going to hurt her chances. So I was explaining this to her. And then she told me, well, thank you for what you said, but I think you are wrong. And I am not going to change. And I thought to myself, okay, let's let's play out the scenarios. Here, right? Firstly, you don't have to listen to me. This is advice. Why could you have not just listened to my advice, captured it, and then chose to ignore it later? Why did you have to stop me in the middle of my call and ignore it? You have never been in consulting. You don't know what it's like. I mean, sure, you may have friends who are associate engagement managers. I was a partner. I ran recruiting. I run a very large firm that deals with people like yourself. So even if you disagree with me, you didn't have to stop the advice. And, and that's the thing that I find quite unusual. A lot of candidates who do networking, they will try to explain why they are right. Don't do that. If you ask a question, take the feedback. You are welcome to ignore it later. But when you are getting the feedback from someone who is taking the time to give you detailed feedback, you know, listen carefully, right? And try to understand it, but don't cut it off. I mean, you've just basically, I mean, I, I said, okay, that's fine. I understand that. You're welcome to make any decision that you think is best for your future. But I must be honest with you. I think you are doing the wrong thing. But let's see how it goes. And she said, fine, you know, um, can I apply to the programming? It's very obvious that she's not going to fit into the program if that's going to be her style because she couldn't be coached. She doesn't want to listen to feedback to see if it makes a lot of sense. She cuts you off in the middle of it. Now, I've given you a few stories of how not to run networking calls, but I would be very careful when you do run your networking calls because I know many people are going to run it. Aim to be liked. That's it. Aim to be liked. And once you are liked, you can then ask more probing and deeper questions. And finally, don't make your problem other people's problems. 
in order to defend yourself. If you did badly for your studies, that's no one else's problem. You don't have to, don't try to convince other people why that's good for the world, why having people with a 3.1 GPA is good for the world, or why running a service over eBay is good for the world, and trying to convince a partner that, or an ex-partner in my case, that um, because you're based in London, um, people should be people should be pleased to have you come to Canada and work there because of the historical significance. It doesn't bite, you know. The fact that you believe these things tells me you don't have strong judgment in the first place. And we don't want people that don't have judgment, right? So, not detailed feedback, but some anecdotes on how not to conduct yourself in, in, in a call. I think at the end of the day is have respect. I mean, I always tell people one of the most rarest attributes in the world is respect. People don't have respect. It surprises me about how some of the younger candidates in the MBA programs, and even some of the much more younger people are today, they have an entitlement attitude. And I always point out to people that the most successful consultant I've ever hired, and most of the people that I groomed went on to be principals, and from what I've heard, some of them have gone on to be partners today. They were respectful. The people that reported to me directly and the ones that I groomed were very, very polite, very, very respectful. Um, they had a certain grace about them that you felt that you wanted to work with them because they treated you like a human being. And there's this belief in today's world that you need to be like a shark that drank a lot of pitbull to survive. Say Red Bull, what am I saying? Pitbull, you know, a shark that drank Red Bull, that's the way you got to be. It is not an attractive attribute to be abrasive, to be rude, to try to cut people off. It's not. The best consultants will listen, will acknowledge what you say, will empathize, will understand and will respond to it. They won't tell you why you are wrong. Right? When dealing with clients, whenever you as an aspiring consultant wants to deal with a former consultant, treat them like they are a client. Always understand that even if the consultant gives you very direct feedback, which they are going to do, right? They have to be efficient. They don't have time to explain everything to you and how the world works. You have to figure that out, but they'll give you very direct feedback, right? It's then your job to work with that feedback. Hopefully, that will help you with your networking calls. Thank you.